Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. You guys ready to get started? Jump right in? All right. Here we go. Verse 12 says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. You guys know the rule, right? When you see a therefore, you look and see what it's there for. Right? It's always going to be pointing to something. It's summarizing something else. Uh, Here's what this therefore is there for. Christian, speaking to you, if you are a Christian, according to the Bible, according to God's inerrant word, you are dead. That's what the Bible says. If you're a Christian, if you gave your life to Jesus, you are dead to God and, or excuse me, dead in Christ and alive to God. We talked about it last Sunday, right? Baptism illustrates this. Baptism, the the act of baptism is just a picture. It's an illustration of what God already did in your life. Right? God already did it the day that you were saved, but your baptism illustrates it, paints a picture. Right? You cross your arms like a dead guy. Right? You hold your nose and you die. Someone else lowers you into the water. You're buried. You stay under there 10, 15 minutes. As long as it takes. No. The old you is buried, right? Down the drain, and you are raised to a new life. Like you're breathing God's air as though the very first time. Right? That's the picture of baptism. And it's a great way, we saw Sunday, to reckon, that is, wrap your head around, really solidify this in your thinking, this really important truth. When you gave your life to Jesus, you died. And that freed you, emancipated you from your old master, sin. According to the Bible, you are now dead to your old master and alive to your new master, God. Your old master, sin, you're dead to. Your new master, God, you are alive to. Look at verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, your old master, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, you're under new management, new ownership. You have a new boss. You've been freed by death from your old master, sin. Okay, therefore, that's what explains the therefore, verse 12. Do not let sin, your old master, Reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. The word reign is basilio. It's a, a royal word. It's the word you'd use for a king, a ruler. So he's saying, look, don't let your old master sit back on that throne. Paul says, look, legally, officially, according to all the laws of the land, you are freed from sin's power over you. If you, if you don't know yet Jesus yet, You are not free from sin's power. Sin says jump and you say how high. You do what he tells you to do. But when you are saved, you die in Christ, die to sin, and you are raised from the dead, and you are now alive to God. Okay. Paul says, legally, officially, you are freed from sin's power over you already. That happened the day you died in Christ. Okay, we established it. If I beat it into the ground... Here we go. Funny thing though, even though you're dead to sin, even though according to all the legalities, you're a free man or free woman, funny thing, the devil, 
your, your old master, your sin, your old master, does not just say to you, oh, yeah, you said the prayer. You gave Jesus, you know, you gave your heart to Jesus. I guess I'll back off now. After all, let it ne- never be said that I, Beelzebub, Diablo, the prince of darkness, does not play fair. You're never going to hear the devil say that. He's never going to be like, well, now, come on, I play by the rules. No, he's a liar. The father of lies. Jesus said he specializes in three things. Stealing, killing, and destroying. So just because you give your life to Jesus and you're legally free, he still wants to steal from you. He wants to steal your obedience. That's what it would be, right? Your obedience doesn't belong to him anymore, but he wants it. He wants to steal your obedience, though it's no longer legally his. He wants to kill the abundant life that Jesus says is yours to enjoy. And he wants to destroy anything you'll let him destroy. Your own marriage, your job, your relationships, your liver. Whatever you'll let him destroy, he still wants to. Again, we, we've used this, and I, Lord keeps bringing it back, so I'm just going to you know, do what I do, beat it into the ground. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves officially with his signature, the Emancipation Proclamation, right? I think it's safe to assume that not every slave owner said, okay, you know, you win some, you lose some. Godspeed, my former slave. Don't think that all of them said that. Don't you think some of them said... Okay, Lincoln says that. I don't care what he says. What I say is, you're still my slave. You'll do what I say. You'll do what I tell you. And at that point, the slave had to decide, who do I really believe? Who am I going to act as though is telling me the truth? So too, sin, even though he has no legal right in your life, the old man that... The sin and the the work that the devil wants to do through him is still going to saunter up to that throne. Still going to take his spot in the chair that's still warm and say, "Uh, now where were we? Oh, that's right. My last assignment for you was pornography or drinking or anger. He's going to talk to you like you're still his Servant, well done, wicked and faithless servant. What shall I have you do today for me? Paul says when that old master has that audacity to sit in that chair and command you, just like the old days, verse 12, do not let sin, your old master, reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. Paul says, look, you're dead to him. He doesn't make the rules anymore. Sin is no longer on the throne, so don't let him sit there. Okay, you're probably thinking with me, okay, all right, I get it, but how? I mean, am I supposed to grab sin by the hair and pull him off the throne? Not sure I'd recommend that. By the way, Jesus has basically already done that. He's already dethroned this person, right? Okay, well, then what do I do? What do I do when sin acts like he's still my boss, even though the Bible says he's not? Well, by way of review, we saw some of this last time, right? It's not about no, 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 as in, no, don't do this. No, don't do that. Come on, start doing that. Man up. 
do this. It's none of that. It's no K-N-O-W. It starts with your, with your brain, with your mind, how you, what you receive as reality. Number one, know that you're dead. Right? Saw that the last couple times. Know that that death freed you from sin's dominion. Know that you are alive to God. Reckon it, verse 11. Reckon it so. Account it so. Bank on it. Settle it as truth. Okay? Tonight, what's the next thing? Well, here's the next thing. I just really have two, kind of two words for you tonight. Number one, the first word is respond. And it's in the negative. First command, I think that Paul says, is look, don't respond to your old boss. And then later on, we're going to see, Paul says, do report to your new boss. The title for the message tonight is Reporting for Duty. Look at verse 12. Do not let sin, your old master, reign in your immortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. The, re- the place I get the word respond is from this word obey. Check this out. That word is hypokuo. It's a compound word. The second part of the word is akuo. It's acoustic. It means to hear. Okay? The, the word in the Greek means literally to listen, to hearken to a command. It was used of one who, at the, at the knock of a door, the person would come to see who it is, a, a porter. Uh, if you remember when Peter was set free from the jail and that the, the girl came and answered the door, she hypokuoed, she listened and responded to his knock on the door. Okay, So it means to listen and to, to hearken. Put, think about this then. Part of what Paul is saying is, listen, your old master, sin, he's going to keep doing what he does. He's going to bluster. He's going to come and try to sit on the throne, speak to you just as though he's still the boss. And your response is, don't listen. When he says, jump, and you used to say, how high? Now you say, sorry, under new management. Uh, in terms of baptism, you say, I'm sorry, we must have a bad connection. When I died, I think I got my phone soggy. And he says, no, listen, I'm telling you, you'll do what I say. I still call the shots. Uh, Yeah, definitely bad connection. It's no longer hearkening to him. He's no longer your boss, so don't listen. Don't hearken to his commands. He's not the boss, Paul says, so don't treat him like your boss. Verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it, hearken it in its lust. Paul says, look, here's how to respond to your old boss. Sorry, no one's home. The guy you're looking for is dead. Okay, it's really that simple to not respond to your old boss. But if you stop there, Jesus even said, right, if you cast a a spirit out of a place and you, you don't replace it, that with something good, right? That, that you're going to end up worse off than you were before. So it's not just about responding to the old boss or not responding, excuse me. It's really and primarily this second thing, reporting to your new boss. Verse 13. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. The word present. And actually, you're going to see that word uh, quite a bit coming on Sunday as well. You'll see it in these verses, then you'll see it a couple of verses later, then you'll see it a couple of verses later before the end of chapter 6. 
In the Old King James, it's the word yield, uh, surrender, perhaps. Uh, it's, listen to this, though. It literally means per, peristomai is the Greek word, and it means to stand nearby, ready for duty. To stand maybe at attention at one's disposal. Probably the, the quickest way to illustrate it today is the closest thing we might have is a butler. Okay, so all of you guys with a butler can relate. Okay. I was right. Everybody is sleeping here. Okay, let's say, let's say, oh, how about this? Let's say a really great waiter in a really high-end restaurant. Okay, we don't have that experience either. A guy who stands nearby with his eyes attentive, ready to do absolutely anything he needs to do for the patron, for his master. So this has in it the concept of reporting for duty. Standing at the ready for a master's command, okay? Um, maybe if, if you were in the military, I think they even have that command. Company, present. It's like, present your arms. Show up. Bring this. Let this be available for use. Okay? Verse 13. And do not present your members, that is, don't report them for duty as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves, report for duty to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. David Guzik has a great illustration. Basically says, again, you're under new management. You have a new boss. So, pretty much it has to do with reporting for duty at the right place. So often, the difference between the abundant life and a bummer life, difference between Jesus just overruling the penalty of sin, which we talked about Sunday, and Jesus overcoming the power of sin in us, so, so often the difference between just enduring this life until the trumpet blasts or enjoying this life of victory happens right here. Reporting to the right master. Reporting for duty to the right master. Y'all, this is why, again, we, we beat it into the ground for a little while and then we took a break, but I think we're back. Quiet time is really important. Part of our time with him every morning should be us reporting for active duty. Amen. The way David Guzik illustrates it, it's like when you had a terrible boss. Think about your, your old boss. He promised you all this adventure and happiness and fulfillment. And over the years, he delivered none of what he promised. No, he actually delivered boredom, discontent, self-loathing, addiction, much worse. And, and it's like your, your new boss came to rescue you. He made you a new creation. He freed you from addiction. He made you justified, just as if you'd never sinned. He taught you joy, fulfillment. But it's like one day you said, I think I'll take a long lunch break and... Maybe just go do a few things for my old boss. Just because. And then maybe, you know, a day or two later, I think I'll take the afternoon off and just kind of work for my old boss. Pretty soon, though, your new boss is paying your salary. You're spending whole days working for your old boss. 
How in the world does this happen? And am I the only one that that's ever happened to? How does it happen? It has to do with who you hypokuo to, who you listen to, who gains your ear. Because whoever you listen to gains your servitude, practically speaking. Again, legally speaking, it's already settled, right? We are justified, just as if we'd never sinned. The, the, the old man has no pull, has no authority, I should say, no ability to force us to do anything. But practically speaking, whoever you give an ear to, you pay attention to, gains your servitude. Matter of fact, that's what it says. Look down at verse 16. We'll cover this more on Sunday. It says, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey... You are that one, slaves, whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Whoever you listen to, your old master, that is, or your new master, that master then gains practical mastery over you. Let's put it that way. Practical mastery. Again, let's let, illustrate it. Lincoln says, look, I now declare all slaves are free. It's done. Legally the slaves can walk, right? But the slave who is now legally free is only practically free if he believes Lincoln more than he does his former owner. Make sense? It's who he hearkens to, who he gives ear to and then begins to act as though that person is telling him the truth. <clears throat> Thought of a... Of a of a way maybe to illustrate this, create a, a, diff, a new scenario with a couple goofy names. You ready? You surprised? No? Okay, let's say that there's a slave and his name, his last name is, well, he is Mr. Newman. Get it? He's a new man. Let's say his owner is Mr. Oldman. And let's say there's this guy who comes to town. He redeems this slave. The, the way that this guy redeems the slaves is he, he purchases them. He buys them. And what he does is he creates a death certificate for that slave. And he frees them legally, officially, once and for all. Okay? Let's call this redeemer person Mr. Godson. Thank you. Thought of that myself. Okay, Newman wakes up for his first day as a free man, right? He's, he's dead to his old master. He's alive to Godson. But Mr. Oldman doesn't play fair. He says, look, you still belong to me. Go pick that tobacco like you've always done and do it now. If the slave, Mr. Newman, listens, if he goes, obeys Mr. Oldman, he goes back to the field, then guess what? Practically, he's still a slave. Even though legally, he could walk out the door. Practically, he's still a slave because he said to go do the field, and I did. And guess what? The longer he stays there, the more difficult it is to wrap his head around the idea that he's free in the first place. He's practically still Mr. Oldman's slave. Every day he stays there serving Mr. Oldman, he's less likely to practically experience and claim that which is already legally his. Freedom. Verse 16, do you not know 
that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. You can pray for me. I'm hoping to really get that across on Sunday. Let's go back now to verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey, respond to it in its lusts. Let's take a, a second actually too. I feel like I kind of discovered this over the, the last couple of days, really digging into the, the text here. Let's talk about these two masters for just a minute. Compare Mr. Oldman and Mr. Godson. Mr. Oldman, you know from experience, he's a tyrant. He will hunt you down. He'll make sure he'll do everything he possibly can to keep you in subservience to him. Right? Even when you're, you're legally free, he's still going to come and hunt you down. That's the way a tyrant is. Let me put it this way. We're talking about reporting for duty. You don't have to really report to duty for Mr. Oldman. Meaning, he will come hunt you down. Sin does not require that you actively report for duty, only that you respond when he jumps, when he says jump. Only that you respond when you're minding your own business. You feel like you've just left the, the plantation. You're about a half mile down. And Mr. Oldman says, hey, you, come back here. He will do whatever he, he needs to to get you to, uh, to respond to him. So it's not so much a matter of reporting to him. Now, think about the, the other end of it. No great surprise, at least I've discovered, our new master is much more a gentleman. He much more allows freedom. Let me put it this way. Let's say you miss your quiet time one time this week. I'm sure it never happens. I was going to make a joke and say it never happens to me. It happens to me all the time. You miss your quiet time. You will not hear the voice of God. wall this morning, soldier. Call yourself a Christian. I can't hear you. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying is Paul, I think, at least this, again, this is my experience. Maybe, maybe you have a different one. The management style is different. Your old master and your new one. Your old master will hunt you down and he will do whatever it takes to get you to bend. Your new master... Much more, much different management style. And here's the point. Isn't that all the more reason that we should be reporting to duty for our wonderful new master? And let me break it down to you like to the real nuts and bolts of it. I've discovered if we don't take a proactive approach, reporting for duty for, to our gracious new master, we find ourselves by default just when we don't do anything, we find ourselves responding, that is reacting to what life brings us. You get it? And that, that lends itself to Mr. Oldman. If I don't report for duty, what I find is instead of being proactive, I'm reactive and something bad happens and uh, I say something I shouldn't have said. Or somebody does something to me and I don't respond to them the way that Jesus would have me respond. Get it? 
It's a difference between reactive and proactive. If we don't actively pursue the last half, let me put it this way, if we don't actively pursue the last half of verse 13, we will naturally fulfill the first half of verse 13. It says, do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Look, you will if you don't do what the, what the last half of verse 13 says. That's naturally what you will do. But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Now, twice in verse 13, Paul uses the word, do you see it, members. He says, do not present your members as instruments, but present yourselves to God and your members as instruments. Okay? He, and, and twice he uses the word instruments. Members and instruments. Members, he's talking about the physical parts of your physical body, right? And an instrument is any tool or implement or weapon used in the service of something else. And... We're going to see in, in verse 19, Paul's going to say, look, just as you once presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present those same members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Let me again go back to the illustration. Look, when, Paul says, when you looked at pornography, you're, you were in effect saying to Mr. Oldman, reporting for duty, here are my eyes. Uh, here's my clicking finger at your disposal. When you flew into a rage, you were saying, Mr. Oldman, here's my fist reporting for duty. Right? When you got drunk, you said, here's my throat, here's my taste bud, here's my liver, all at your disposal, Mr. Oldman. You didn't, nobody actually thought that through, but that's the net effect, right? Because you are giving practical mastery to that old master. Again, you didn't need to be direct, that direct or that deliberate because Mr. Oldman has a way of getting up in your face. But here's the thing. Paul says you do need to be deliberate in reporting to your new master. I, I just take these verses actually quite literally. If you're looking for an application, we have now, you know, it's been a lot of head things and a lot of understanding. And Lord, help us to get it. And some of us have been amazingly freed, I think, by the truth that we've been reading. But now we're starting to hit some real application again, which is this. Make time every day, every hour, every five minutes if necessary, and proactively present yourself for active duty. For your new boss. Just the way you did it before with your old boss, unknowingly, now do it knowingly. Lord, here are my eyes, surrendered as instruments for your purposes. Lord, what do you want me to notice today? Who is it that's hurting that, that needs prayer? What is it that you want me to see today? Lord, direct me my eyes when to look away from something. Direct my eyes when to look to something. Open my eyes for those who might need prayer. Uh, speaking of that, Lord, here's my mouth. No longer do I offer it to Mr. Oldman for cursing. But Lord, here's my mouth. I'm offering it to you. Use it for blessing, for praying. No longer for gossip, but for encouragement. Oh, and Lord, here's my hands. Reporting for duty. No longer do they belong to Mr. Oldman. They belong to you. What do you want me to do with them? 
Lord, here's my imagination reporting for duty. Help me, Lord. I don't want to respond to Mr. Oldman, and so right now I'm taking time proactively to present my members unto your service. And I want you to notice one more thing as we close tonight. Look at verse 13. It says, And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments to righteousness. Of righteousness to God. The word alive is zoe. You guys have heard me talk about that word quite a bit. It's not just meaning, hey, I'm, a, I'm alive, I'm existing, I'm breathing. This word is filled with uh, power and joy. It, it means to be among the living, to enjoy real life, full of vigor, vitality. Um, I'm not sure how to exactly to put this into words, but verse 13 to me, I think what Paul is saying is, look, when, when you report for duty... Let it be with all the excitement and the vitality of one who is back from the dead. Because you are. You guys remember how just a few days before Palm Sunday, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. What kind of reaction do you think Jesus got from Lazarus? What kind of service do you think Jesus got from Lazarus in those next few days? Do you think it was... Thank you so much for raising me from the dead. Now, can I go back to the tomb and take a nap? No, I would think it would be Master, Savior, Friend, every breath that I breathe from here forward, you own. I am back from the dead and it's because of you. Here I am, Lord. I'm reporting for duty, all of me. My hands, my feet, my eyes, my stomach, my lungs. All of my body parts that you brought back to life now stand ready at your command. Listen, if we truly can, can grab it and have that kind of attitude, if, if you, if I have that kind of a conversation with our new boss every day, several times a day, five minutes at a time if we need to, I can tell you, you will not serve the old master. And you will find yourself more and more practically free from him. Right? Galatians just says it, sums it up nicely. Maybe it could have saved you 30 minutes. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You cannot. If you walk in His presence with your eyes upon Him, if you report for active duty, you cannot, you will not respond to the old Master when He comes calling. And, and verse 14 then will not only be legally true, but practically true. This is this should be, I kind of hear Paul as a coach being like, come on, don't forget this, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Awesome how he, with just a turn of a phrase, he reminds us all of this is, is only possible by the, the supernatural thing that Jesus does, the forgiveness that he gives, Right? Let me stop and say, if you're here tonight and I'm, I'm sounds like I'm speaking a different language to you because you don't have a relationship with Jesus, um, and I'm talking as though He is my someone who's come and rescued me. It's because He has, and I promise you, if you try to do what we're talking about here, you're going to be really, really confused. The first thing that has to happen 
in, in your life is that you give your life to Him. Let Him justify you. Make you just as if you never sinned. It's from that beginning point that you can look back and say, now I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. Okay? Um, for the rest of us, if if you made that transaction, if you really gave your life to Him, this is this is where you are. You are looking now at your own corpse at the bottom of the pool, if you will. And then you need to decide, okay, is am I going to let sin reign in my mortal body any longer? Again, you guys know, because... Uh, because sin is still persistent and our old man is not yet completely gone, uh, we're not talking about you're never going to have perfect, always success. You're not going to be able to say, I haven't sinned in, in 5 or 10 or 15 years or anything like that. But you can be making progress. You don't have to be on the treadmill of sin, forgiveness, sin, forgiveness, of the same thing over and over again.